Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel, and welcome to another show of Empowered Love. And I'm going to be talking, so welcome everybody, I nearly forgot to welcome everybody that's listening in and who's going to pick this up in archives later. We've got a great show today, Uh, it's wonderful to have, we've got uh, Barbara Hofmeister as my guest today and she's an international speaker, she's a published author and she's the founder of the To Be Success System. And she's written a new book which is called To Be or Not To Be, The Choice Is Yours, which is absolutely great and Barbara she's a refugee from communist Germany she's she's from Germany today and she's poor Barbara it's 5 a.m. in the morning and unfortunately we couldn't do any uh, pre-recording because of my extremely busy schedule but uh, Barbara has been awesome to get up this early in the morning and do this and this is her first Australian interview so this is really great that we've got the opportunity to uh, have the Australian audience listen to Barbara And Barbara has known what it's like to live in adverse circumstances and Barbara's had an incredible personal journey where she came from a background of being severely abused and having low self-esteem which you know a lot of us can relate to in our journey into empowerment and she set out to live her personal dream traveling the world sharing what she learned from her studies and the University of Hard Knocks, her life experiences. And she's been doing this with a wide audience. Barbara uses a practical step-by-step approach that allows anybody to move towards their dream life, which is what this show is all about. And I'm going to be asking Barbara about her inspiration and the tools and the techniques she used that have created her life the way it has and how it's improved the lives of many, many other people. So welcome, Barbara. Thank you for coming waking up early and having a cup of tea and doing this interview with me. <laughs> Good morning, Melanie. <coughs> well, do you know, I've got a little bit of a confession to make because I was up working very, very late last night and it is afternoon here in Australia and thank goodness for technology because you know what? I'm still in my jammies. <laughs> yeah, that does help a lot, doesn't it, technology? I love it. Nobody can see me. It's not a pretty sight. But you know what? I'm sharing in the morning theme with you because I'm doing jammies as well. That's good. That's good. It's, uh, yeah, here, I mean, some some people sometimes ask me, you know, can you put the video on the webcam? And I hate yeah. to do that because at home I don't put makeup and uh, I'm dressed in very comfy clothes, but you know they don't look the sexiest so yeah i well, that's i mean nice. fortunately we don't, we have don't to have look glamorous we don't have to look glamorous to do our work do we we don't that's a good thing yeah we I don't know. have to be on the same side of the pond either so that's i i i love this stuff you know last night i was doing an interview with uh, somebody from hawaii and now with you, so it's really like two extremes on the planet, and I'm still at home sitting on my sofa. So <laughs> I know we're very, very lucky. It's 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 a wonderful job that we can do, and uh, with technology, it is. It's it's incredible. It's astounding. So let's get into it. Let's talk about your journey. And okay, so if you can share with the listeners and with me, obviously, why and when did you start on your journey to personal transformation? Uh, I think we can say that it started in 1978 when a friend gave me a book by Dr. Wayne Dyer. 
And the funny thing was that when she gave me that book, I felt a little bit insulted because it said self-help book on the cover. <laughs> and I thought, why does she think I need a self-help book? Ah. I don't need that. you know. And I was not going to read it. I just put it away. And thought about it for a couple of days, whether I should be insulted or not, and then, you know, went on with life. <laughs> and a couple yes. of months later, I had nothing else to read, so I took out this book and started reading it. And I discovered, I discovered myself on almost every page. That was really weird. And I thought, well, he doesn't know me, and he obviously didn't write this book for me. So there must be other people out there with similar issues, with similar challenges. And that was the first time that I actually realized that my low self-esteem and the way that I was treating people around me and the way I was treating myself particularly uh, was not so uncommon that, you know, obviously a lot of people must have those similar issues because otherwise he wouldn't write about that so much. And that was a big revelation for me, and that's what started me on my journey of self-healing and self-discovery and the last 20 years of helping other people. Wonderful. So when you were reading that book and you were going in, what did you recognize that you needed to work on? Well, for instance, <clears throat> that I was reacting to people very fast and, and very unpleasantly in most cases because I was fairly aggressive. Because of my insecurity and the wall that I built around me, I was fairly aggressive. When somebody said something, I always took it personal. Whatever it was, I took it personal. So everything had to be uh, looked at in a very critical way. And, of course, that made me quite aggressive because when people said something that I took in the wrong way, uh, I slashed back verbally, not physically, but I slashed back. And that was unpleasant for the people around me. And, of course, it was very unpleasant for me because I was constantly defending myself and constantly feeling attacked, which was not true. And another it thing... absolutely just attracts more of the same. You yeah, know, it, it does. Know. It does. Absolutely. It does. And I didn't see it. You know, I didn't see... I mean, I felt like people were not fair to me and stuff like that. But it was me that was attracting it. But that was a long time later when I realized all this stuff. It just started me on the journey. And it, it, it started me because I realized that I'm not alone. There is a lot of people out there. There must be a lot of people out there if books are written on these topics. And... Just that realization started me on reading more books, on getting more involved, and later I started to go to seminars and workshops, and I think everything that's out there, I've done it. <laughs> and it's been a journey of 32 years, So, and I'm still going actively to courses every year. Every year I spend a lot of money on my own development and also on learning the latest techniques or the latest variation of the oldest techniques because I, it's my belief that there's only so many fundamentals that we can work with and they are already great as they are but of course there's a lot of people that just need to rename and revamp things so that they have created their own new technology and and you know, I think virtually so many people are saying the same same thing in so many different ways. But what I've always believed, Barbara, is that it's about how to communicate that to people so that it's not just a cognitive mind thing. You know, so for example, if somebody was to go to a seminar or if they're going to read a book, that they go, yeah, 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 okay. But it's how to transform that into a being level, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, you need to help people understand, not only on the logical level, but also yes. on the sublogical or, or on the subconscious. That's definitely true. It, they need to feel it. They need to yes. implement it. This is 
what I believe makes my book so very different because it is about doing. It's not just about reading. I asked readers to actually write their life book, I suppose you could call it. With me, that was a, a talk show host that said that to me the other day. They said, well, it's like I have to write my own life story together with you. And I said, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And it's true. I'm asking my readers to actually look into their life, look what's working, what isn't, and how they can transform that. And they are actually doing it there and then. And that is what makes it work. And that's what makes the transformation, not just from reading something. Obviously, uh, it's not so likely that you will change anything in your life if you just read a book. Sometimes what what I found that works well is, uh, uh, for me personally, is quotes. When I read a really powerful quote, Mm. by some wise person of the past or present, uh, mm. that can really get me on, you know, another journey of self-discovery because I'm thinking, hmm, yeah, that sounds interesting. Hmm. And, you know, I give it a lot of thought. But still, unless implemented, nothing happens, obviously. That's right. We've got to embody it. We really do. And, you know, look, one of my favorite sayings is that you can't park a Ferrari in where there's an old wreck in the garage. So I agree very much. You know, a lot of, I think, um, you know, a lot of the new or the sort of very cliche law of attraction stuff can be, well, just think it, think it, think it, think it, you know. But really, you've got to come to resolution and acceptance, I believe, of, of your past. So that you're not carrying those old wounds and charges forward with you that are still playing out in your life. It's really, as you said, that word transformation. Yes, we you need know. to we need to yeah, we need to become aware of what's happened in our past, not in every yes. little detail. Uh I don't think that you need to go back to the well back to every detail that has happened to you in the past. There is a lot of, I mean, for instance, in NLP, you don't have to discover where everything came from. Correct. But you can Correct. still change it. Uh, because otherwise we are in therapy and that can take years. And I don't think it's necessary, but you need to become aware that there is an issue, like I had this issue of uh, yes. feeling attacked all, you know, all the time by others. Yes. And we need to become aware of that. We need to become aware if we have a self-esteem issue, a respect issue, and things like that, or if we're judgmental or what have you. And uh, obviously, don't treat ourselves in the right way, because treating others in the wrong way is because we don't treat ourselves in the right way either. That's right, that's right. And it really it is. It's it's the patterns that are unconscious that are playing out in our life time and time again that can limit us from going forward or creating a new reality. So with your new book, which is called, and I'll just say the title again, To Be or Not To Be, The Choice Is Yours, why did you choose that title? And what what was it all about? Well, to be or not to be, I think it's... It, it's such a powerful sentence. It's just such short words, but so powerful because it is about being. Uh, a lot of people vegetate and <clears throat> and uh, they are not happy in their lives because they just drift through it and they have no clear sense of direction. They are not really here. It's like, okay, I'm here because I was born here and I might as well get on with it, but it's it's no clear sense of destiny, like you said about the law of attraction. In the in the film or in the book, they say, ask, believe, receive. But the receive part, between the believe and the receive part, of course, there needs to be action. <laughs> exactly right. Otherwise, there's no receiving. If you just sit there and think positive and think about what you want, not much is going to happen unless you take action and use that. But what I found is that the people already fail at the ask part <clears throat> because so, so, so many people don't have a clear sense of destiny, don't have a 
a sense of purpose in their life. They just sort of get on with it day by day. Without much thinking about it, they go to work, they get home, they watch telly, and they go to sleep, and they get up and go to work again, and at the weekends they go to church maybe. And, you know, there is no no drive inside of them except to make enough money to make a decent living. And, of course, that is not our purpose here, but that is what society, I suppose, our educational system in most countries makes us believe that this is what we're here for, but we are not. And <clears throat> realizing that and becoming clear on where your purpose is, on where your destiny is in life, where your passions lie, what you really love to do, so you don't even mind getting up after you know one and a half hours in bed like me today, that needs for that you need passion for that you need commitment for that you need love for yourself yes. and for others yes yes and absolutely and i think our society has been modeled on so many external distractions mm -hmm. you know whether it be um you know uh, well our, our outside adornments you know i will i just want to make enough money so i can buy that new jacket so i can have the next fashion um, you know, so there's alcohol. There might be like, I just want to go out on the weekend and have friends, drinks with friends. And there's there's all these sorts of distractions that take away from our inner self and our inner purpose. And everything we watch on TV is so much about that. And, you know, all our ad advertisements and all those things. We're really pulled out of ourselves and listening to that inner voice, that inner drive, that inner passion that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is, yeah, especially today, I think that everything is moving faster and faster and faster all the time. Absolutely, it is. And we get so distracted. For instance, I get so many emails that now this email account crashed, thank God for that, <laughs> and I can't get to it anymore. I might, I will probably miss some important mails, but it's it feels so good, you know, not to have these hundreds of emails every day. Yes. That because it gives me some space to breathe and some space to do something else that I'm more passionate about than reading and replying to emails. Yes. And what in the beginning, technology in the beginning, it felt such a blessing because you could communicate faster and easier with people around the world, and I still love it. But it's taking so much of your attention, so much of your time, and it clutters your life up. And now, of course, everybody is sending a daily email uh, because they try to market something and they, uh, yeah, they put it in a nice way. Uh, some of them, some of them are very blunt. But you open them and you've got a link to click and then you start surfing and then, of course, you're lost and hours are gone of your life without having done anything that has actually helped you or helped your cause. Yes. I was talking last night to some people in South Africa that uh, are on a really great mission, and they want to help the children in Africa because there's millions of them dying, unfortunately. That's and right. and they, start, uh, they are starting it with a multi-level marketing company. But they came from charity background, and I think it's such a great idea to combine this so a large portion of the profits will go to the children and it's all audited by outside uh, companies and so on. I think that's a wonderful idea how people um, you know, can get motivated to help and chip in and at the same time uh, make some money themselves and sort of have more of a reason why they should join this course. I think that's wonderful because we need today, everybody, all of us, need to help those that are less, less fortunate because we are super fortunate. And, and that's another thing. I found that an attitude of gratitude is transformational, seriously transformational. One of my coaches years ago told me that every day I have to write him an email with uh, a minimum of three things I'm grateful for. And I enjoyed doing that. But he actually, in the beginning, when I didn't take the assignment so serious, he forced me to do that. He said either that or 
I can't work with you. And I thought that's a bit silly. I mean, because I was already used to giving thanks. But by doing it on a regular basis, every single day, every night, before I went to sleep, I went to bed with really positive thoughts. And I started doing it also in the morning before I got out of bed. And that combination totally changed my outlook for so many things because you go to bed with positive thoughts and you get up with positive thoughts. And after about three weeks or so, about 21 days, it takes to form that new habit. It becomes a habit. It becomes natural. And it feels so good to let go of all the, you know, all the stuff that you had to do during the day because even when you live your passion like I'm doing, uh, not everything that you need to do is a pleasure. I mean, there's some work like on my administration that I don't enjoy doing very much, but it still needs to get done. But when you finish off the day with, with positive thoughts, it's so nice and it lifts you up and lets you drift, drift off in dreams. And the same again in the morning and it starts your day the right way. So attitude yes, of gratitude. It's beautiful. And law of attraction, wherever your focus is, you invite more of that into your space. So, you know, when we do start becoming grateful, no matter where we've come from or what has happened and we can see the gift in it and then be grateful for what we have, you know, because that's just so true. So many people are focusing on what they have, putting a negative spin on it, and they're really ungrateful for what they don't already have. So I'm not happy because I don't have this and I'm not happy because I don't have that. And that just keeps them locked in more of the same. And, you know, that, I think what you just said about the gratitude, I know when I did my journey out of recovery from being broken and powerless into where I am, that was a huge thing for me. I wrote gratitude lists every night and I'd read them back every morning to myself. Excellent. And mm-hmm. it was gorgeous. It was absolutely beautiful. And... I'd go through the day starting to look for things that I could write in my gratitude that list that night. And sometimes it was the simplest thing, like a butterfly crossing my path. Or the smile from the lady down the shop. And it became so special. And and you're right, it's habit forming and I still do it. I still go through my day and think about what I was grateful for today. And then I know that tomorrow I'm going to get an avalanche of more things to be grateful about. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. So why do you think that, you might have answered a bit of this, but I'm sure you've got some more information on this. Why do you think living a life of choice is important? Well, because it's empowering. You're taking responsibility for your life. If uh, you right don't in. live a life of choice, then you are living the life of somebody else's choice, yes. <clears throat> or society's choice, or your parents' choice, or your siblings, or your partners. And yes. many, many people do that. And then they feel unhappy, they feel... Uh, I mean, they feel fearful very easily because mm-hmm. they might lose their job because they are not in control. They are somebody else is in control. It's for instance I was raped when I was sixteen and it was a pretty horrendous experience. But I came out of it and years later when I started my self healing journey I also overcame it. But uh, we can make a decision, we can say because I was abused or because I was raped I can, uh, I'm, I will always be a failure in life, or I will always feel bad about myself. Yes. Or you can say, because I was abused, I'm a strong human being that knows what, to, what is important to them, or that knows what their life is all about. It can be yes. either way, you know, you make that decision, so you have that choice. Yes. Uh, and I would love to help people understand that they always have a choice, no matter what age they are, no matter what background they are, and no matter where they are in this moment. But as you listen to this, you have that opportunity to turn your life around. One of my greatest teachers was Jim Rohn, and I had the opportunity to study with him live quite a few times. And he always said, we are not goose, 
we are humans. We can turn around. We don't have to fly south. We can go in any direction we choose. And he's right. We can do that. And that's so true. That's And that's a beautiful expression, isn't it? Oh, it is. A really lovely metaphor. Oh, yeah, that was his strength. I mean, he used metaphors for everything, and it's so easy to remember. <laughs> yes, I, yes. I and they give you that great yeah. visual. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like quotes and things that just um, really hit a chord. But, but you, you're right. If we don't validate ourselves, well, then we're actually thinking that our value, and that's the codependent model. A lot of people do value themselves or think that they can by the validation that they're receiving outside of themselves. Mm. So, well, if I fit in with him or I fit in with her and they approve of me, well, then I'm going to be valued. And that's always a recipe for not winning at all with ourselves. It just doesn't work. Yeah, because you're giving the power to the other person, even if they don't know it, but you're still giving that power to them because your happiness depends on their, on the Validation. way they react or the mm. way they treat you. And, of course, that can never be because your happiness has to come from you. It, can, it should not come from the outside. This is why so many love songs are so silly because they're always talking about, I can't live without you and, yes. uh, you know, I would mm. die if you would leave and stuff like yes. that. And we hear the message all over and over again. And as lovely as some of these songs are, they are not true. You can live without them. Well, that's <laughs> right. Or when you look at when you look at people that are in abusive relationships and stay in those abusive relationships for long periods of time, uh, quite frequently when they finally get out of it, they go into the next abusive relationship. It is different most probably, has different shapes, different uh, size, but it's still an abusive relationship. Why? Because they have not learned that yet. They have not learned to love themselves enough, so they let others trample all over them and think that it's normal, but it's not normal. (coughs) I used to be really good at that. That's why I'm talking about it, because I can (laughs) <laughs> yes, from, yes, from and that's what this show is all. Yeah. This show is all about abusive relationships. Believe you me. So uh, yeah, the listeners are very, very okay with that one. <laughs> most, most definitely. So can anybody do it? Can anybody do it? Start living a life of choice. I mean, anybody lives a life of choice anyway, whether they like it or not, because they are making the decisions how their life is going. Yes. So in in many cases, it's a subconscious decision, so they are not consciously doing it, but it is their choices that get got them to where they are today. But anybody, yes, anybody, any age, any background can change it and turn it around, definitely. It's not uh, rocket science at all. It's very simple processes that actually get us out of the situations we are in, that can turn our life around. And in the book, we have, uh, I have so many techniques, and I think that's what makes the book unique and very different, and why mm. people are sending testimonials like, you've totally transformed my life, this book is life-changing, and so on, and I don't even know these people. Yes. And for me, it's so humbling, Melanie, you can't even imagine. When I got the first testimonials, I was crying because yes, yes. it's, it's you know it's so amazing that a book can transform people's lives but uh, yes. because of the techniques and because i asked the people to actually write there and then within the book and i asked them to ask themselves many many questions and see if that gives their life more meaning actually question that you know does what i'm doing now give my life more meaning and if it does, why am I not doing it more often? Or, uh, for instance, there is one question here. Imagine you had all the money you would ever need and could do anything you wanted knowing that you would not fail. What would you do? And 
people then don't talk because I wanted the money issue out of the way because too many yeah. people are focusing on that and they say, oh, I want more money, I need more money to live a happy life, which in most cases is rubber, but, you know, it's how we're brought up. Yeah. And then when they have answers to that, this is the very, very, very first question, <laughs> so it's uh, still the very easy part, is ask yourself, would that give my, my life more meaning? And if yes, why aren't you doing it? Yes. Because mm, the yes. why aren't you doing it is an important question. Mm, mm, very important because the question. the answers have hardly ever to do with, I can't because I don't have the financial means to do that. Because normally what comes out as the essence of us is always that we want to help and share. And for that, we don't need any money. We can give yes. a little bit of our time and help others. Yes. I don't yes, know how the absolutely. situation is in Australia, for instance, but here in, in Europe, or especially in Germany, we have a lot of older people in um, in nursing homes. And my mom was in a nursing home until she passed away for the last few years. And, I mean, it was sunshine for her when I visited because they don't do much there and they just wait to go. It's terrible. Yes. I mean, it's and it was a very nice nursing home, but it's terrible. And anybody that can spare an hour or two and go and occupy these uh, elderly people and you know, keep them busy, do something with them, go for a walk with them if they can still walk or tell them a story or whatever. It has already put a smile on someone's lip and given a little bit of love to somebody. And that is, you know, anybody can do that at any time. That's right. And and what a beautiful way to... It's so win-win, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. what you give, you receive, you feel it. It's as if you've given it to yourself because we are all one. We are, yeah. So, and yeah. That, is, that is where I, I think that's where the fear comes from. You know, the fear that we all, we all have fears, but some people have them more overpowering and that's why they don't move out of the situations they're in. Uh, I think that's where the fear comes from. We think we are not one. We think we are separated. And that's probably the revelation I had with Dr. Dyer's book when I when I first read that, was that we are connected. There's other people like me out there. Yes. And, and other people... The biggest delusion of mankind is the separation illusion. It Absolutely. is, yeah. And it's and a scary illusion because you, you, you think, yeah, I'm alone. Uh, I'm right. not part of you know, of the whole of humanity, but we are all part, definitely. Yes, absolutely. So in your experience, what is it? The what is the greatest challenge that people do have? Well, I think the greatest challenge is, first of all, that they don't know what they want. They are not clear on their destination. They are not clear on what they really want to achieve. And a big part of the book, actually in several chapters, we're working on that because that needs to be crystal clear. And it's something that I found in all overachievers on the planet today or in the past. I love to read biographies. And all of them the same. They knew what they wanted and they were crystal clear on what they wanted. And yeah. They started with the end result in mind, so they knew this is what I want, that is the big picture. And then how do I fill the gap between where I am today and where I want to go? The second thing that I know, and, and that's easy, to fill the gap, that's the easy part, that's the action part, of course, you need to take some action, but yes. that's the easiest part because you can reach any goal if you break it down into small enough steps. Yes. So that is just a practical thing that I can easily explain to anybody and everyone can follow that. <clears throat> but the second thing is lack of belief, lack of, you know, not enough self-esteem, not enough confidence and belief in themselves. 
And that's where I came from, and it's so powerful because it's stopping you because you have not only fear of failure, you also have fear of success. And Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, fear of success is when you know that you could do something or you want to do something and you keep doing it, but you do it only to a certain extent because you don't want to stick your head out too far. You know, you you might yeah. get it chopped off yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. might fail and you might succeed. And then what? You know, then people might find out that you are a fraud, that you are yeah. not really as good as you pretend you are. And yes. stuff like that, you know, this inner voice talk that unfortunately we have. And our inner voice is trying to protect us, but it's doing it in such crazy ways because it comes from the experience we had in our childhood. And, yes. of course, today we're adults. We are different than we were when we were small children. And we can protect ourselves and we can help ourselves. But when we were small, we couldn't. And we learned all these lessons that we can't do this. You are not good enough. You are not big enough. You are not uh, educated enough, and so on and so on. And all this is a good excuse for us not to move into our real powers. Yes. And it's stopping us. And, uh, yeah, and results can be, I mean, are visible everywhere where we look. People are stopping themselves short why? Because they don't have true belief in their own abilities and true belief in their own powers. And we are powerful beyond measure. That is something that we need to learn. As we are one, <laughs> we have the power of all. So that yes, definitely right. makes us powerful beyond measure. And this fantastic poem by Marian Williamson uh, that I also use in the beginning of the book as we light, let our light shine, we give others permission to do the same. I think that's so powerful because we are afraid of our greatness more than we are afraid of not being enough. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's that is that's beautiful, and that and that is, isn't it? You know, that fear of exposure and being big and being authentic. And I know I used to. I used to have all of these fears that if I was that, either I'd be uh, rejected or I'd be criticised or I'd be abandoned or I'd be attacked or I'd be persecuted. And, you know, when you lose all of those fears and just become authentically yourself, it's so safe. It is, and it's so free. It's so... Uh, it is yeah, such a great feeling because you're totally free, you know. It's not important anymore what your neighbor thinks and, uh, or might say because it's about, it's you. And when yes. you live your true self, then you also let others do that. You don't have to be judgmental anymore or yes. it doesn't come so automatic to be judgmental, <laughs> let's put it that way. And you can just... Be. You can just let it be also. It's much easier to let go of things and of people if, you know, you found your true self and you are yes. assured of yourself, then it's easier to let go of all that stuff that is just uh, uh, pulling you down and holding you back. And people that start to live into their true powerful self, they, of course, change a little bit. And... Uh, in some cases, it becomes visible to family and friends, and they will try to stop them. They want to keep them the way they are, and it's not—it's—it's it's with good intentions in most cases. It's just because when we move out of our comfort zone, it feels uncomfortable. That's why yeah. it's called comfort zone. So. Uh, when we move out of our comfort zones and we start changing, people around us notice some changes. They might not even know what the change is, but they feel some changes are going on. And it gives them the fear of losing you. And this is why they try to claw you back. I use claw because I, I use the example of a crab, you know, basket full of crabs. And it's always one or two that try to climb out of the basket, but the others are clawing them back so that they fall back into the, yes. you know, into where everybody is. 
and stay there. And how many times do people say on birthdays, oh, you know, happy birthday, love you, and stay as you are? Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Is that a good wish? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it certainly isn't a good wish, is it? It isn't, because we can't no, we stay need as to we grow. are. We are meant to grow, and if we don't yes. grow, then we go backwards, because this, in nature there is no standing still. There is always movement. That's and right. But people say that with good intentions, because they want to say, I love you as you are, which is good. But stay as you are. No, that's that's not a wish that I I wish on anybody. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. And I think the thing is, if uh, you know, if we do grow and if we do hold that space and don't succumb and fall back, then that also gives other people the opportunity in our space to be able to grow and rise up into that energy as well if they choose to do that which is freeing for everybody. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Mm, it, mm. it does, it does. I mean, as you expand, uh, you also meet other people and you also connect with other people. Uh, I noticed that even online, even so I'm living, I live in the woods in a very rural area and I don't see humans too much while I'm here at home. But I, I notice that I'm reaching out to more people and I'm reaching different people uh, because I've changed again, you know, and I'm constantly evolving. And it's so lovely to connect with so many like-minded people. There's some amazing yes. people out there. Yes. And, of course, technology is a blessing for that because, like, we are talking now Germany, Australia, and we are going via the U.S., <laughs> phone lines yes it's incredible and people i don't know how many people are listening but they will be from around the, the globe and that is yes. is such a wonderful thing and as you grow you attract the type of people that you need in that moment in your life if you let it yes. happen yes yes absolutely and that is what the expansion is all about Mm-hmm. And when we haven't got that fear of expanding, as you said, that fear of success is, oh, if I expand, what could happen? What would life deliver to me? What could go wrong? But when you understand that you're a source to yourself and when you can be authentic, well, then life will serve you authentically and it will attract to you authenticity, which is always supportive and life-affirming. And... uh yeah, and that's about knowing the creator that we are, which is just such a beautiful experience. So how can we become clear on our purpose? Tell me about, you've talked a little bit about some of the steps or how do people, you know, do you think it is through the journaling process, through asking themselves the questions about how they can dig inside and find their passion and find you know, what their purpose is. What are your suggestions on that? Well, I I used, I mean, I have these questions or these techniques for finding your purpose in three different chapters. Why? Because I want people to try to come to the answer in different ways and in different moments of the development so that they become really crystal clear. What is also important is not only that you become aware of what you truly want, but also that you become aware of your values and your belief system because that's what's driving us all the time, 24 hours a day. Yeah. It's what makes us get up, it's what makes us go to sleep, it's uh, what makes us react to certain situations in certain ways. Yeah. Is our core values. They need to be fulfilled at all times. Yes. And uh, I help people to clarify what are their core values and how can they change them if they are not serving them. For instance, I used to have the number two core value was uh, financial security. And I've been financially secure for many years. So I was not looking anymore for financial security. I wanted financial freedom. (laughs) Yes, yes, and that's a very different thing. And that's a big, massive difference. Because mm. security means you've got enough money to pay for your daily expenses. 
you know, to get by. But uh, that's not freedom. That's not independence. So yeah. I had to change that. But it, I only found out a few years ago because I was wondering, you know, whenever I made money or whenever I... Uh, I had money, I, I sort of lost it on bad investments normally or trusting the wrong people or whatever. And I, I thought, this is unbelievable. You are an intelligent human being. You're well-educated. So why does this keep happening to you? Yeah, I needed to learn that lesson before yeah. I could move past that. So now the fear of, of loss is also not so big anymore. Uh, you know, the this, this, this substantial fear of, uh, will I survive? Yes. <clears throat> and and fear a very, very powerful magnet. Very powerful. Very yes. powerful. And we all have fears. I mean, every one of us has fears. What I, how I deal with fear is very easy. I'm very pro pragmatic with that. <laughs> when I feel fear coming up, I look at the worst-case scenario. What is the worst that can happen if everything goes wrong? And then when I'm looking at that scenario, I think, okay, will I survive it? And yeah. normally, yes, I will survive it. It will be unpleasant. <laughs> it will not be nice, but I will survive it. And then, of course, I can look at the other side, at the other extreme. What is the best case scenario? What is the best that can happen if everything works the way I wish it to work? Yes. What is the best that can happen? And there's a 50-50 chance. Yes. And uh, so why shouldn't I, why should I focus on the bad? Why should I well, focus right. on the worst case scenario and worry about it while it's only 50% likely to happen? I might as well focus on the good and have a great feeling of anticipation looking forward to all the good stuff that's happening to me and uh, make it more likely to happen because I'm focusing on that. That's exactly right. And then you become what your vibration is. Yeah. Because yeah. worry, I mean, people are so, you know, so many people are worried at all times. They're worried to lose their work. They're worried to lose their house. They're worried to have an accident. They're worried about their health. They're worried. What is the point of worry? Yes. Yes. Well, it only creates and attracts more of the same. Yes, we focus on the problems. that, And in, in the case of worry, we don't even have the problem yet. We focus on something that might happen, but it's not really likely to happen. Yes. So that's really nuts. I mean, I <laughs> I use an example from my mom in, in, when I explain that. Uh, when I left home, I was 19, I went to live in England, and when I came home for the first time, my dad... He he thought, okay, now she's an adult, she lives abroad, you know, so when she's at home, she can do what she wants, because before that, he was very strict. And so he gave me his car, and he told me I got to be back at 4.30 in the morning when he needs the car to go to work. And my mom, uh, and when I came, and I, of course, I was 19, you know, you go out. And so I came home at 4.30 in the morning, and my mom started screaming at me, I couldn't sleep all night. Where have you been? And, and I thought, Mom, what's the matter with you? She said, I was worried all night. I couldn't sleep. And my dad and I, we couldn't understand her. And I said to her, Mom, do you sleep when I'm in England? Of course I sleep. I said, so what's the difference? You don't That's know right. what I'm doing when I'm in England. So why are you worried when I'm here? And... You know, she just goes, yeah, that's what moms do. They worry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's no point at all. You know, it's not different whether I am, uh, you know, at, at a friend's house around the corner or whether I am in another country. Yes, yes. And, yeah, and, absolutely. And worry is definitely a very useless uh, emotion. I don't know where it comes from, but... It, it yeah. doesn't do any good. Fear sometimes can be useful because they can, uh, you know, make us stop in our tracks and actually think about what we're doing and does it make sense. But yes. we should not be stopped by them. Yes. But yes, worrying is an enormous human condition. Worrying about the what ifs instead yeah, what of being here right now. 
Yeah, what if, what if? Yeah, so what if, worst case scenario, okay, I will survive it. And what if, best case scenario, oh, how wonderful, what a great feeling. Just imagine if all this nice stuff happens. Then as you're thinking about it, your emotions start rolling. And of course, when you're thinking about the worst case scenario, then your emotions also rise, but they rise in a negative way. They rise with fear, they rise with anger maybe, with frustration, and it's not even happened yet, and you are already upset. Yes. And while you focus on the good that could happen too, what if all the good stuff happens, then, wow, you feel great, and, you know, and you start imagining, and I'm asking people to visualize, I'm asking people to really write their vivid vision. I don't know if you read mine, but people said to me that, it's so vivid that they can actually, you know, smell the smells I'm talking about in the book, and they they can really see my house. And uh, and somebody uh, somebody said to me, "Oh, how about your partner?" Blah blah blah. You know, talking about this my soulmate in the book, and I yes. said, "Well, I haven't found him yet. I'm still looking." <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> So, if anybody there in Australia maybe is interested, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're in the process of manifesting him. Yeah. So, yeah, but we need to. Yeah, we which need is beautiful. To be, we need to become clear on that. Yeah, that we had a Facebook discussion on that a few weeks ago. Uh, I put it out there, and I said, hmm, I'm still looking for the soulmate that is uh, described in my book. You know, if anybody has an idea, and then they came up, uh, one came up, she said, uh, you should look uh, into Paul McKenna. I said, yeah, why do I need a hypnosis? She said, no, I think that you two would fit perfectly. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. How gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, it was really so sweet, you know. Oh, and but it's... But it- it's cute. No, it is cute. And and people really get involved in these conversations. And I love it yes. because yes. you're connecting with so many lovely people and they actually give some thought to your ideas and and uh, contribute with their own. And that's why this social media stuff is growing so fast because there is so much sharing going on and there's so much i mean i i wish they wouldn't commercialize it in in such a crazy way even so i'm pushing yes. my book because i want it in as many hands as possible yes yes but you know that uh, nobody gets rich from books unless it's uh, harry potter or something like that because yes. uh, you know the author makes maybe a dollar or something from a book so yes <laughs> Yes, you need yes. to sell many, 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 many books before you become, you know, before it's even worth thinking about. Uh, but it, it's the message. I want to get the message out there. When I started writing the book, I thought I can't cut myself into pieces. I want this message to be in everybody's hands so that they realize that they do have a choice and that they can live the life of their dreams if they so choose. It does and it's a beautiful world. message. And it's a perfect message because everything comes off that. You know, I think that's the illusion that people have been, well, when this happens or if this changes or, you know, when he gets his act together or if I get that promotion, Mm -hmm. you know, it's such a, I'm a passenger in life waiting for something to change. And that's not what it's about. And that's not fun. It's so much fun creating and being that source of that creation to yourself, it's just, well, as you said, it's empowering. Yeah, everything else. I mean, if if you wait until he gets his act together <laughs> or you get a promotion, which is all coming from the outside, from a third party, then you are giving all your power to that other person or to that other situation, which That's you right. don't influence. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that that always makes you feel powerless. I didn't understand this concept for a long time. Mm-hmm. I read it in a lot of books. I know, I, I didn't it, either. Yeah, yeah I, I heard it either. in seminars, and I just didn't, it didn't grab me. I so thought, what, what are they talking about? I'm giving my powers away. I don't have a power over the situation of my, uh, you know, 
of, for instance, in the career, you know, when I get my next raise. But <clears throat> you might not have the power over the raise, but you have the power to decide to be already in motion towards it by doing the best that you can and by mm. believing that you're going to get it and not mm. waiting until, you know, in 20 years' time, maybe your boss thinks about it. You know, you can, right. put it, you can put it into motion. And, and being unlimited, if it's not forthcoming, know that you are the source of security and you can go out and create more of that. That is a scary thought, isn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't have to be that job. It doesn't have to be that boss. It could be another job. It can be another boss. That's true. That is true, yeah. I hear so many times people say, yeah, but situation at the moment and recession, yeah, but there are plenty of people making a fortune right now. That's right. Absolutely. In the recession, during the recession, I just heard from a friend, I have a house in southern Spain. I lived there for 10 years, and I'm trying to sell it, not pushing really. I mean, it just sits there, you know, <laughs> but I have the intention of selling it. I'm not doing much about it. And my neighbor, she wrote me an email, and she said, you know, if you make a good price, then a lot of people are coming down from Madrid now, and they are buying because you know, houses are cheap. And I said, no, I don't want to let it go cheap. It has beautiful location. It's a beautiful place. So why should I give it away? Yes, yes. You know, I don't need, uh, yes. you know, not. I'm not that yes. desperate for the money, so I might as well yes. keep it until times are better. And Well, if anybody out there listening would love a place in Spain and is willing to pay a reasonable price, there you go. You never know, we might have found you a man and a buyer. Excellent, that sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it could be the man who buys the place and then you can still have it as a whole oh, home. I can still have the place. Yeah, that would be the idyllic situation. <laughs> that would, wouldn't it? Well, we're unlimited, Barbara, so anything's possible. Yes. Absolutely. That I can believe. That I can believe. All right, now we haven't got long to go. So how can people find your book and get in touch with you, Barbara? Well, people can find the book on Amazon. I don't think that you have Amazon.com in Australia, but I'm not sure. I couldn't find out if they sent I don't know well. whether we have .uk. I'm not sure. But, I, I mean, we do have Amazon, so people oh, can... Oh, you do have. Okay, then they can get it. Okay, okay, so on Amazon, then, of course, you can get it from the book website directly. That is www.thetobebook.com. And I recommend everybody to go and have a look because I have the testimonials that I have received so far are on the book website, and they are really mind-boggling. I mean, they are really, really amazing. So have a, have a read through them, and if anything resonates with you, then... I suggest you make that tiny investment of 20 bucks or something like that for your future and get the to-be book and start working towards that. And another thing, I'm just uh, starting a learning blog. I want to make an experiment and I need someone from Australia for that. And that is I want to put people that are starting to work through the processes in the book, I want that on the learning blog. And those Lovely. people will be able to work directly with me. Fantastic. So it will only be a handful of people that I can do that with, but now is the opportunity. I just started last night to put it online, so you will find it also on the book website, thetobebook.com. Lovely, lovely. Well, Barbara, thank you so much for coming on, and I think your messages are very, very special. And I know a lot of my listeners uh, will get a lot out of today's show. And I think that's great. You know, look out for Barbara's stuff, go into it, and really connect to what your purpose is so that you can start living the life that you were born to live. I think that's so important. So thank you, Barbara. You'll be able to go back to bed now. Well, I'm wide awake now. <laughs> oh, I knew that would happen. I knew yeah, it. It happens too. on my 3 a.m. interviews too. Yeah. I go, I'm going to bed and I'm wide awake. I'm all pumped. 
So you keep doing what you're doing. You keep Thanks doing what you're doing. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, lovely. And we will talk again. Thank you, Barbara. And bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye, everybody. And we will see you for our show next week. All right, lovely. And good night and good morning, wherever you, or good afternoon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Melanie.